Welcome to When God Breaks Through, a podcast designed to look at the messy moments in motherhood and show how the gospel applies in practical ways, giving us hope and grace as we interact with our own kids. You'll hear crazy stories and life lessons from my mothering of eight kids. But more importantly, you'll hear the hope Jesus offers us for peace and not anxiety, for grace both for ourselves and to extend to our kids, and wisdom to point them to Him. I'm your host, Bethany Kimsey. Welcome back to The Kitchen Table. We are in our third and final week in this series about mothering in summertime, setting our rhythms in place so that we can really enjoy the summer, but also set them in place in a way that is purposefully gospel-centered, where we are kind of taking the Word of God and unpacking it in just the everyday life. And my heartbeat for this podcast is that would be exactly what we do. And we're coming into summer here in the United States. Um, And so this is our last. This week, we're going to be talking about the third rhythm. So we've talked about morning rhythms. We've talked about a rhythm of connection with our kids and really understanding the mindset that is behind that. And this third one we're going to talk about this week is what I'm calling the rhythm of expectation or contribution. When we're walking with our kids, oftentimes I can get off base. And we talked about a couple episodes ago about I can become more like a sheepdog hurting my children, kind of pushing them forward, making them behave a certain way, do what I want to do so that my life goes easier. And really I become off of the mark. And the mark is we really want to model ourselves after the good shepherd and be a shepherd that leads from the front and is calling our kids with us and they know our voice and they're connected with us and they understand relationship with us and they want to follow us. Like it's a happy, secure place for them because they know that we will be leading them to rest and to pasture, to restoration and ultimately for kingdom living. So if you missed any of the first two episodes, may I encourage you just to go back and listen to them? And secondly, can I encourage you these rhythms that we are learning how to do, you most certainly can reach out to me and DM or email me about them. But my encouragement really is grab a couple friends, tell them to listen to these podcasts and begin to have a conversation together because we need community and they know your kids better than I know your kids because they're around you. And so this last one that we're going to be talking about, this rhythm of expectation or contribution, especially they're going to be like, yeah, your kids can do that. You can do that with them. And they will be great sources of encouragement for you. So if you do not already talk with your mama friends about how to be a mama, can I encourage you to do that? It will just revive your soul. You'll remember and realize that you're not alone in this, that um, they are doing and walking through very similar paths. They may not be exactly like yours, but you are all following the good shepherd. And he invites us to walk behind him, emulating him, leading our kids forward, but also to do it in community. So grab a few friends and get maybe some of this worked out a little bit. But this week, we're going to be talking about this last rhythm, this rhythm of expectation. So often in my family, 
I am loosey-goosey across the board. You know, there's a funny story in my marriage, but it it really is defining. I think I've shared it before. And some women, I think, withdraw in horror when I describe what is happening because they would never do this in their life. But I'm I'm your loosey-goosey friend. So if you know me in real life, I'm fly by the seat of my pants and I can flex in the last minute's notice and do something different. And some of that may be great. And if you're more rigid, you're like, oh, I wish I was more loosey-goosey like you. But if you are somebody who's more loosey-goosey, you understand the struggles of it. That means that you're always kind of picking up a lot of loose ends and trying to make everything fit back together. And it's a struggle too. So, but early in our marriage, Troy and I, I was cooking one night and I think our oldest was just like an infant baby. I mean, like we're early married first three years, two years, because Noah came when we were on our two-year anniversary kind of in that area. So two and a half years, maybe married. And he comes in the kitchen from a day of work and I'm cooking and he walks back out and he comes, and I I think I, anyway, he comes back in with the, the, um, screwdriver. I'm like, what are you doing? And he's like, well, I was thinking, since you never seem to use any cabinet doors or believe in them, I was just going to take them off because I feel like it would be easier for you to access everything. <laughs> now, even then, we thought I thought it was funny. I mean, I, and he would never have really <laughs> taken the cabinet doors off. But it is true of of me. So I am someone who it's a struggle to like complete tasks or to like, I'm just moving all inside of whatever I'm experiencing. And so there's just like chaos in my wake and all around me. And then later on, maybe I'll come back and clean it up. Or I just rely on other people, namely my poor husband sometimes to clean up the chaos I've left in my wake. And summertime can be exceptionally hard for me because I will inevitably, there will be a lot of chaos that begins to happen. We're going from this to this. We're inside, we're outside. Kids are bringing outside toys inside. They don't bring them back outside. There's like, there's wet towels and swimsuits from when we went to the pool. And then they're just, I'm trying to do all the laundry and we're going through food and um, there's dishes all, all the time. And And if I'm not careful to have a rhythm of expectation that I am, and the expectation is not that I am doing that rhythm, but that we as a family are functioning in this rhythm of expectation and contribution. If I'm not careful to put that in play, then what happens is what we talked about the first week, what it says in first Peter four, where it says, basically I'm unable to extend hospitality. My heart becomes very shuttered and shut down with bitterness. And I'm grumbling because all of a sudden now I have to deal with all the towels. There's always towels on the floor and there's always dishes in the sink and there's always outside toys inside. Nobody's ever doing it. And why are all your shoes just scrambled around and why aren't they put up? And what I have found to be the best verbiage for what I'm talking about today is understanding a rhythm of contribution. Now, when we talk about rhythms, we're not expecting perfection. That's what a a rhythm is ebbs and flows. That's why I'm purposefully using the word rhythm in these three weeks. That means some days you're going to all be clicking. It's going to be great. And some days 
it's going to be a little bit of a hot mess. And that's okay because you have a long-term goal you're working towards and you can speak words of life in the moment because you're not offended and grumbling because you know where you're headed and you're not afraid that, yeah, some course correction and some things need to be changed. So in our family, we have a terminology for this. We call it maintenance and create contributing to our home and the way our home runs is not chores that entitle you to money. It is maintenance because you're blessed to be part of our family. So, um, everybody, and, and honestly for me, so that I just, and the reason we call it maintenance is in my head, that doesn't feel nearly as nagging just to say, Hey, y'all need to remember maintenance. As I walk through the kitchen, like I see all their lunch, um, dishes out and they're starting to get up from the table. And instead of feeling naggy, which says y'all have to clear the table and load it all in the dishwasher. I can just say, Hey, y'all remember maintenance and I can keep going. And they know exactly what I'm saying. It's been clearly laid out. And even down to the littlest person can handle maintenance. And then we have what we call contributions. Contributions are the ways that you contribute to the functioning of our home. The things that you can do that aren't things that have to be done on the daily. So what do we do on the daily? Well, you have to put your shoes away, right? You come, you're come in the garage, put your shoes away, take your shoes off, um, put your school books away, uh, do all of your dishes, put all the way, make your bed, keep your room picked up, make sure toys are put away, books are put, put back on bookshelves. That's just maintenance. You know, if I walk through my room and just left all the clothes I took off every day on the floor, didn't make my bed, that doesn't, that's not maintaining So those things are just maintenance things. I shouldn't have to tell you every day what your maintenance things are. So we just kind of use that word. But contributions are a little bit different. But this is what, for me, really begins to help in this rhythm of life, especially in the summer, so that I can have a heart that is not grumbling, that doesn't fall prey to the grumbling mother culture around me that says, Oh, my kids are just a burden and a hardship. But instead, I can say they're a joy and a delight because they also are learning how to contribute to our family for the betterment of our family. Have you ever wondered what little people can do? How can they contribute as little ones? Well, I'm here just to encourage you to begin to experiment with your even your littlest littlests. So, My little bitties will stand with me at the dishwasher and I hand them all the cups and let them begin to stack them up while I'm unloading the rest of the dishwasher. Now, once they hit around two to three, they, they truly can stack up cups and hand or hand me cups. Now I'm not going to ask them to hand me anything that breaks, but they can be a part of emptying the dishwasher. They can be a part of emptying the dryer and pulling the clothes into the basket. I give my little bitties socks to stack on top of each other. I give my little bitties, my three, two, even two, I've given it to two-year-olds, two, threes, fours. They're like king of cleaning a baseboard. You put Give them a sock that you've sprayed with um, 
and you know, the dust sprays, you know, and just let them, I mean, they're right there at that level anyway. I mean, it'll save your back so much work and they love it. And then when they're they're or you can get those little dusting sheets, but when they're finished, they get another one or they get a new sock and you spray it again. And they're the kings of dusting. My little three and four year olds are wonderful. I will spray windows and get them set up in front of a window, spray down a window and say, wipe that down, spray down the next one, wipe that down. Now, most of these contributions are exciting for them. And yes, they require oversight. I can't walk away because they may forget a window. And then we have the pool of whatever at the bottom, but they'll, they're super able to contribute. But once our children reach about a five or six, there should be a lot of things on their contribution list that you and I can confidently say, I need you to do this. I need you to fold your laundry and they can fold it. And mama, let their folding be their folding. We can teach them folding, but when it's a little scrambly, it's okay. It's going in their drawer. We want to, part of this time and part of giving them these rhythms of contribution is to speak into their soul that you are capable. You are capable more than you think. And your contributing to our family here is important. We need it. And we're so glad for you. Thank you for folding your laundry. Thank you for sorting all the socks so that we know whose socks belong to who. Thank you for sorting and pulling in our home it seems like towels end up with clothes. So we separate those out. Well, that's a job for a little person. They can do that job. And so in the laundry room, I'll be like, Hey, you need to go sort out, pull all the towels in one pile and put all the clothes in another pile. So mommy can load them in the washing machine because they can't reach the washing machine the way our washing machine is, but they can definitely do all the sorting. Um, they can set tables. They can clear tables. Four and five year olds can clear tables carefully. They can wash unbreakables and pots in the sink for you. They will have that. That will be a delightful job. You know, the magic of water with a fussy five-year-old, it's amazing. Put them in water at about 530 in the afternoon when they're tired, but they, you have to make it through to dinner and it's an amazing thing. And washing unbreakable dishes and pots is a perfect activity for them. What we want to do is we want to establish in our children and begin to have a language of how we can all contribute and work together as a family. I think it, I don't know who it is, but I've heard it said from an older mom said this to me a lot, many, many years ago. I had, at the time I had four kids and and she was a very influential voice in my ear of teaching me truths about parenting many littles that were all little at the same time. And one of the things that she said is she said, Bethany, pour into your children for nine years. And then they will begin at that point to be completely able to pour into the family. And I think that holds true. There's this magic at around the age of nine. They're physically big enough to fully function with a vacuum, like younger than that. And vacuums can be hard and unwieldy. They're fully able and understand the logic of loading a dishwasher. They're completely able. They're tall enough. They can wipe down a a counter or clean a kitchen table off. They can um, 
do laundry. They can pull it out of the dryer. At, at around nine years old is the magic time where they are able to do things. And so we want to establish already inside of their thought process, number one, this is important. This is how our family functions. This is the rhythm of life for us. We all jump in and contribute. It's not just mama who's doing it or mama and daddy who's doing it. It's all of us helping one another because it's in helping one another that we're kind to one another. This is how we do this. And then it's allowing them to do things that might be a stretch, might be hard for them. But I promise if you let them do it two and three and four and five times, they're going to get good at it. Yeah, their first time folding all the towels, it's probably going to be a hot mess of towels. But you know, those towels are going to get used up by everybody who's wet. So it really, that moment, it can be let go and they can then deliver those towels into the bathrooms and put them away all by themselves and feel good about a job that they contributed to And when they're, after they're in a bath, you can at some point later in the week go, I am so thankful that you put all the towels away this week. That was so helpful. It is teaching into them a rhythm of contribution that will, in the teenage years, become critical. Because what happens sometime in the tween years, sometime between 10 and 13, our children naturally become very concerned with who they are. And what I mean by that, and we've talked about this in ages and stages, and we've talked about this in other times, what happens in development at that time is they're trying to figure out who they are. What is their value? What is their worth? They become very me-centered. So in our gospel conversations with our children at that time, what we're trying to help them understand is who God says they are and what God says about them and where their true value and their true worth lie. But we understand developmentally, they're very much looking inward. So how does that impact family dynamics? Well, family dynamics are impacted because if I have a child who's naturally only turned inward, they are not highly motivated to contribute because they're most motivated by what impacts them. So then what happens is typically we begin to be a little grumbling, annoyed that they won't, they never pick up their shoes anymore. They don't put their plates away. They don't, I don't know, fill in the blank with whatever you might wrestle with. But when instead I can say, okay, I need to help strengthen this rhythm of contribution in my home. I need to help them understand there's not a magic fairy who runs around after them and cleans up. That this is how we live together relationally so that in relationship we can love one another well. When I begin to have conversations like that, then I can help them lift their gaze off of themselves. And the way I do that with my older kids is I literally will say, hey, will you please go look in the living room and just decide everything that needs to be done? And will you just take care of that for me, please? And I let them run it, run the show, decide what needs to be vacuumed, dusted, picked up, put in the right place again, and then I let it be. I expect it to be done well, but it's, I will then ask, do you think you finished it? Is it to completion? Do you feel good about it? And I'm beginning to try and teach into them in these early adolescent years, this skill set of thinking outside of themselves. How does the rest of the family function and need this bathroom to look? How does the rest of the family function and need the coat closet to look? Is it okay if when I get my coat out, I knock every other coat to the ground? 
will know it's not okay. But most of our teenagers, because they're focused on themselves, they just kind of do it and they keep going. So we want to train into them this idea that we are functioning in a rhythm of contribution one to another. And we are choosing to love one another well this way by creating a home that runs smoothly. It says in Galatians 6, 6, let the one who is taught the word share all good things with the one who teaches. And I want you to understand that, especially with this one, this is the place where lots of good conversation about how do we love each other well begin to happen where we, as the ones who are actually doing the teaching, are teaching ways to relationally love one another, ways of contributing. But we need to also be able to hear back from our children the good things that they feel like are important to a home that runs well and is contributed well. There's beautiful harmony in motherhood when our heartbeat with our children is not to manipulate, coerce, demand, or even to do exchanges where we barter. I'll do this if you do this, or you can't go out tonight until you've cleaned your room. But instead, when we begin to have conversations and we begin to speak words of life and we begin to have like, how could this run better in our home? What do you think? And in hearing from them and engaging them, just like Galatians says, let the one who is taught share. That's our child. So it's in this place, especially where we begin to practice, what do you think would be a good rhythm for you? You're in charge of doing dishes this whole week. I personally would prefer the dishes all to be done right when we all get up from the meal and the kitchen all cleaned up. That's my personal want as a mother. But having this conversation with my child or children saying, what do you think is going to be a good rhythm for you this week? You're in charge of the kitchen duty. What's going to be a good rhythm? And hearing them say, like I have some children who say, I will get the kitchen clean by the time I go to bed at 930. It will be clean, mama. But I really, right after dinner, I like to go and get my schoolwork finished really fast. Okay. Is it my ideal? No, it's not. But they're contributing and they are part of a team. And this is them speaking how it would work best for them. And really, they're the ones doing it. And so in that moment, I get to decide how I respond. And am I going to be one who receives it and allows harmony to happen? And so, yeah, there are things that I go, well, okay, yes. I can understand that this will be done by 930 and I can walk through the kitchen after I go put the littles to bed and kitchen's not clean and part of me wants to go, but I have to say, they're going to get it done. They're going to get it done and allow them to do their maintenance, their contributions in their way. That is just good relational skills. As we talk through these rhythms, say, what would be the best way that you think. And that's especially healthy when you are working with your teen and your tweens is helping them understand these, these are what need to be done. How do you see them getting done? Letting them be part of the solution, not just part of the workforce. I think when we only understand that our kids are part of a workforce, we're much more like the sheepdog from the first episode rather than a shepherd calling them forth. 
these rhythms are not easy. They're not going to come naturally to us. And there are going to be many days that I mess them up. I'm much more like a pushy, manipulative, bossy sheepdog barking at their heels than I am like the calm, cool shepherd calling from ahead, leading them to beautiful pasture to rest. Most of the time, I'm probably not. But I do think that that is the goal as we move into a summer is to understand that when these things are in place, the true goals of our lives, which are pointing our children to Christ, become part of the conversation of these rhythms. And then also our own ability to sit with Jesus is instituted and we are fed and we are watered and we're at rest. And then we can go into being led through the paths for righteousness sake, the, the parts of kingdom living, whether it's together in our home or as a unit in our home who is well-rested, well-restored, we can move out into other places and show them the love of a Savior. I hope you enjoyed this episode of When God Breaks Through. If you're wanting to connect with me and with other moms walking in the same messy moments, head over to bethanykimsey.com. That's where you'll also find the show notes with any links, as well as more resources you can grab to help you see that when God breaks through, when we see Jesus at work, the fuzzy intersection of real-life mothering and the gospel becomes very clearly defined. We can walk with confidence and purpose. Have a grace-filled day.